Do you know that uh, on uh, Thursday in uh, Sudbury, so you remember where my, I live, right? Santa Claus? <laughs> Sudbury. And um, we, ha- we got almost a foot of snow. And we got out of there just in time. We flew out in the afternoon. They got uh, uh, almost a foot overnight. On, uh, But you know what? We're used to that. So anyway, good to be with you. And... Um, Uh, Warm greetings from uh, Canada. Let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 19. Uh, You're going to see a picture behind here. I don't know if you can see it that well, but uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, John chapter 19. We're looking today at the death of our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, let's start reading... um, We'll start reading a little bit, uh, actually going back to last week's uh, passage, but let me just start with that. I think we'll just, it'll, it'll flow in properly here. Uh, look, um, look at verse 15, John 19 and verse 15. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he, being Pilate, delivered it uh, to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew uh, Golgotha, where they crucified him. And two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the center. Let's just stop there because I want to make a few comments uh, on these first couple of verses here. And before we do that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again, Father, for uh, thy precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as we look uh, upon him this morning, Father, as we read about him and the crucifixion lord we just pray oh god that would be uh it would stir us up father really uh uh, tell us about your love uh for us that you would send your son your only son uh to uh, come and take away our sins father we never get tired of talking about that and uh, we want to thank you heavenly father for your precious son our savior the lord jesus christ there's no other mediator between god and man just the man, Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So what I want to uh, do this morning is uh, break it down. And I've used all P's. So I don't usually do that, but I'm going to do it this morning. So we're going to talk about the place of the cross. I think that's significant. Where Jesus was actually crucified. We're going to look at the person of the cross the power of the cross uh we're going to look at the if we get time the the placard of the cross so all these things uh, are significant and we'll we'll look at them uh this morning the place the place golgatha in um, luke's gospel it's only used one time in all of the bible a place called calvary it's interesting you know because i i was telling you about 
my place, Sudbury, right? North of Toronto, insignificant uh, to you, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, when you think of the place, right? Uh, I used to, uh, my hometown was uh, Timmins. You want to know where Santa Claus lived? In Timmins. Because it was farther north of where I live now. That's how far north we are. But uh, there was one, there's more than one significant thing, I think. But um, Timmins was famous for uh, a country and western star that's sort of faded out a little bit now. Her name was Shania Twain. Anybody remember that name? Or am I just that old? (laughs) Holy moly, nobody? Okay, sure you do, you bunch of liars. She's Canadian. She's from my hometown. But significance, the place, the place. This is very important because it says that they led Jesus out of the city of Jerusalem to a place called Calvary. Think about that for a minute. It's interesting that the Jewish uh, pinnacle was Jerusalem. Think about that. Even today, it's, uh, you know, Donald Trump made uh, Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And every president that I can remember going back for years said, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to, because that's really where the capital should be. And nobody did it. He did it. And it's a capital today. But back then, it was the religious center for the Jews, right? Even Jesus as a little boy would travel from the north of Israel and come day's journey to go south, to go, why? Because they had the temple. They had the priest. They had the altar. They had it all, all the religious things, right? And it was, isn't it interesting that when they took Jesus, uh, they took him out. You know why? Because Jesus was never comfortable in Jerusalem. Ever, really. Because, you know, Jesus said this. It was sort of put it in context. He said this, and he he referenced the Old Testament when he said about the Jewish people. He said, uh, you honor me. You come close to me with your mouth. You honor me with your lips. But your heart is far from me. And isn't that true? That's why he was never comfortable. You know that Jesus, read uh, about his last week on the planet. Read about it. What, what do you read about Jesus? He was always, he was in Jerusalem, but he always, he never slept in Jerusalem. Foxes have holes and birds have nets, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. What did he do? He would go out to a little village. He'd walk a couple of miles to Bethany, the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He felt so much more comfortable there. Not the trappings of religion, but a place outside of Jerusalem. He went to where believers were. And, 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 And Christian, let me say this. Don't become religious. I was religious. That's why I took this picture out of Facebook that I belonged to a group there 
which you don't see at the top, is I grew up with this, guys. I'm the last of the Mohicans, by the way. <laughs> My generation, Rosie and I, we laugh because we see pictures of these, uh, these nuns. We, I, I, we went to school. Every school that Rosie and I, Rosie chased me all of her life. I don't know if you knew that or not, okay? Uh, she had her eye on me when I was just a little guy, okay? But uh, anyway, we went to the same, uh, we went to the same schools, and it was nuns, right? But uh, folks, that's religion. That's religion. We're not religious people. Jesus felt comfortable going to Bethany where believers like you and I, you ever been into a Christian home, right? You ever get invited out to, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like I've been into a lot of your homes. You've invited me and Rosie and we feel like, we, do we ever feel comfortable? Because we, we, we have something in common, I've been to Korea. I didn't even understand a word they said. But oh, when they started singing about Jesus Christ, I tell you, my heart overflowed. China, same thing. So, Jesus, you know, the place is significant, guys. Like, if you look at it, you know, you can, you, you wanna Google? <laughs> Go on Google Maps. I love I love that, you know, because I was looking at because you know I, I sort of rented this place unseen, right? I mean, there's a few pictures online, but really not. So I wanted to know, you know, it's down on US one. I want to see the neighborhood, right? You just take Google Maps, and my grandchildren showed me how to do it, right? Because I wouldn't know how to do that by my grandchildren. Oh, Grandpa, you want to know where you are? Okay. And looking and, oh, you said, well, just expand it, Grandpa. You can see your street. You can see the cars. They're driving there. It's just incredible. But you know what, guys? Think about that. A little wee hill on the outside of Jerusalem. The most significant place in history. Think about that. A little anthill. On the outside of Jerusalem. And the most significant event in the history of man occurred there. A place called Calvary. There, there, the place. And then we'll look at they, the people of the cross. The people of the cross. Well, you know what? Uh, You and I were there. You and I were there. By proxy, every one of us. You and I were there. We took the most beautiful person that ever lived. And that's why I read really from last week's passage, to tell you that you and I, had we been there, we would have been no different. You see, when I was a little kid and taught by them, 
Isn't that scary? <laughs> Ooh, they scare me when I look at those uniforms. But, you know, when I, when I, when I was being taught by them a little kid, you know what? You, you had a, 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 an ingrown um, dislike for the Jews. It's still today. There's a big problem between the Catholic Church. You, you guys probably don't know that if you weren't brought up Catholic. But there's a big thing today that be, still, it's not as bad today, but it was very bad when I was a little kid. Because you know what? The, 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 we were told that the Jews killed Jesus. And if you talk to a Jew today, they still lump us in with people who hated him. Remember, Hitler was supposed to be a Catholic. And uh, so, uh, but you and I, listen, we would be just like those people and we would be like, the, maybe like the religious people say, away with him, away with him. You know what? I would have said that. And I got a voice. You'd have heard me shouting. We have no king but Caesar. But that's the human race, isn't it? You look at your friends. You look at the people you associate with at work. You look at people in your neighborhood. They would be the same way if they could get there and go, we have no king but Caesar. And I'll tell you, they would have anyone rule over them except Jesus Christ. And that is the same today. And every time we sin we stick our little puny hand up at God and say, we have no king but Caesar. That's what's wrong with the world today. That's the they. So guys, don't think about, like I did as a kid, oh, somebody else killed Jesus. Somebody else killed him. Folks, you and I put him on the cross. You and I did it. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand the cross. Because the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who believe, it is the power of God. They, you have to put yourself there. If you're not saved here today, you have to put yourself, go by faith to the cross of Calvary and go to the foot of the cross and understand what happened there. They took him to a place and they, what? Crucified him. Now, I mentioned this in the first meeting this morning. The crucifixion. The Persians invented it, but the Romans perfected it. I, I've tried to get my hands on anything I could read about uh, the crucifixion. It is, it, you know, in the medical field, there would be no form of death that would be as bad as that. And the, and the, um, um, the Romans perfected it. The victims of the cross, do you know that a Roman citizen could not be crucified? Paul could not be crucified. They were still doing it, but he could not be crucified. Why? He was a Roman citizen. 
But crucifixion was for the worst of worst of criminals. And the Romans wanted to make an example. And they made crucifixion so that you could not die on that cross easily. It was pure torture for days. And as I was mentioning this morning, that some historians were saying that you were meant to live on that cross for up to nine days. There, they, us, crucified. The worst kind of death. Naked, humiliated. Apparently, the, 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 the soldiers would have to beat away uh, the vultures. And the uh, insects and those type of things would be the worst form of torture. Because sometimes, you know, what do we think? We look at the cross, crucifixion, wear a cross. I had a cross around my neck. A piece of jewelry around my neck as a little kid. It was like a good luck charm for me. I never slept, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, I never slept in a bedroom as a kid that I didn't have a crucifix in it. I never went to school as a kid, ever, even up to high school, without a cross in every classroom that I went to, but I never understood the reason for the cross, the purpose of the cross. And to... to uh, uh, a religious guy like me as a little kid, I didn't understand it. I didn't know why. I, I, I didn't like Jews. And for why? Because I didn't understand that Jesus had to die. He had to die. There they crucified him, the purpose of the cross. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ to which the world was crucified to me and I to the world. The purpose of the cross. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians in chapter 2, I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness could be obtained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. The purpose of the cross was that that sinless lamb of God that we talked about in that first meeting went to the cross and took your place and mine. Isn't that a wonderful thing? By faith. I, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who were perishing. It was foolishness to me. I never understood it. But by faith, at 30 years old, I went to the foot of the cross. For the first time in my life, I understood substitution that God, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. I understood the purpose of the cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but lost and poor contempt on all my pride. I tell you, friend, 
You can't have one ounce of pride when you're at the foot of the cross. God will humble you at the foot of the cross. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick at the foot of the cross. Do you understand the purpose of the cross? I tell you, if you went out into the highways and byways here in Hollywood and Pembroke Pines or whatever here in South Florida and you went door to door and said, what's the meaning of the cross? I tell you that 99.9% of the people you would talk to would, uh, would not understand the message of the cross. To the religious people, a stumbling block, the Bible tells us. And to the Greek, foolishness. Religious people, it'd be a stumbling block. Because they're into do. I want to do. I want to do. You look at two thieves at the cross. It says it on one hand, a right and the left. They actually represent humanity, don't they? Humanity is not divided by geography or by race or by color or whatever. It's not that. It's divided by the cross. Here's the thief. He's got one foot on a banana peel. And he's going to H-E double hockey stick. Canadian term. He's on his way there. He's on the cross. He He's, hey, you, in the middle there. If you really are who you say you are, get us off of here. I don't know what got over him. Was it the placard of the cross? What was the placard of the cross? In in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin, it was written, the king of the Jews. I don't know. Was it that sign that he, he looked up and he saw the king of the Jews? Well, his buddy on the other side would say, well, if you're the king, man, get us off. Oh, isn't that something, eh, how God works? Here he is, this one fellow, we don't know his name. I'm rushing to heaven. I want to meet that guy who was never baptized, who was never confirmed. Had he said prayers as a kid? I don't know. But one thing I know, he's in heaven. And at the last minute, He turned to the one in the middle and said, remember me. Oh, friend, if you got to go to the foot of the cross for God to remember you. You don't want to be like that other guy who up to the last minute in life, I visited a guy in the hospital. His sister asked me to go visit him. Terminal cancer, fourth stage. I knew him as a patient. I went to see him because his sister said, his sister not even saved, but she knew I'm saved. She said, Tony, go pray with him. Go talk to him about the Lord. I said, I'm going to talk to you about the Lord. (laughs) Anyway, I went up and here he is. He saw me coming and I'll tell you, he was within 24 hours of going into eternity. I didn't know that for sure, but I knew he had, his time was very short. I'm just walking into the, into the, um, 
into the hospital room. He knows me. He's known me for all, almost all of his life. And he knew who I was. He knew what I represented. He knew that I was a Christian. And he walked in and said, stop! Don't you come in here. Don't you come in here. Don't you come in here and pray for me. I don't want your prayers. I don't like God if there is a God. I hate his guts. And in 24 hours, folks, he was into eternity. And he was just like that other thief on the cross who in the middle was wagging his finger at the very one who could have saved his soul. And today he is alive more than he's ever been alive. He's in a place of torment and of specially, especially H-E double hockey stick is a place of memory. No Alzheimer's in hell, guys. Remembering, he was right beside the one that could have saved his soul. And this guy said to me, you get the bleep bleep out of here. And I laughed with tears in my eyes to think how the hardness of the human heart, folks, can only be broken down by the cross of Calvary. Imagine that. The purpose of the cross. Isn't that a wonderful thing? When you understand the cross, I don't have to put one around my neck to know of that one they crucified. The him. There they crucified him. The person of the cross. <laughs> Every time I went to church as a little boy, and I might have told you this before, I can still tell you the mass in three languages. I memorized it. I'll tell you one thing about my dad. He was all business when it came. It was such a big part of my life. Not as much Rosie's life, even though we went to the same schools and that. But it was my parents, especially my father, who was so religious. And I'll tell you, we went for Lent 40 days in a row. My dad would get us out of bed. And not send us to church, but take us to church. And I'll tell you, as an altar boy, as a little altar boy, I tell you, I said, uh, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You know what, guys? I didn't even understand what that meant. At 30 years old, I didn't understand The lamb, I never understood that. I never read the Old Testament. I didn't understand that. I didn't know why it was part of the Mass. I didn't understand that. Oh, but today. Oh, but today. I know the lamb. He's my lamb. He's the one that took away my sin. You ever get tired of going to the cross of Calvary? 
Do you ever get tired of that? You shouldn't get ever tired of that. Because when we get to heaven, guys, do you know that our Savior will still have the marks of Calvary on him for eternity? We'll be able to see what he did for you and for me. Isn't he precious? The one who knew no sin and did no sin and in him was no sin at all became sin for you and for me so that we, what a transfer took place that we might have the righteousness of God. We were once in another kingdom. We've been translated to the kingdom of his dear son. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Think about what was accomplished there. Think about the transaction that took place. How God was satisfied to take his son. Now listen. I'm trying to figure out what love is worse or better. Son or grandson? I think it's grandson even. I don't know why I say that. I was watching grandparents in the first meeting. They don't love spoiling their kids, right? But uh, I, I look at my son, okay? I only have one. And uh, I look at him, and I, 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 I think, Lord, I just, say, I just say, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for my boy, you know? And I love my boy. I really do. You know, he's just a tremendous uh, boy. And, you know, he, was, he just loves the Lord. And he raised his kids to love the Lord. And he's an elder. And I'm so proud of that boy. I really am. I love that kid. I like his kid, though, I think even a little bit better. Because, you know, I, I look at my grandsons and my granddaughters. And I get, guys, can I tell you something? I'd never give up one of my kids or my grandchildren for you. I'm just sorry I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I guess if I had to, I'd say, okay, take me. I know you moms, you get in front of a bus before anything ever happened to your kids. That's, I know that for a fact, right? Guys, what happened at that cross? How shall we escape such a great salvation, Hebrews chapter 2. How can we escape that salvation? It's so great when you think about it. Folks, we're not in a religion. We have a salvation because of a person, a relationship between father and son that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, he gave his son to you and me. crucified him but it was God's plan all along <laughs> we heard this morning I told Mike you, th- you stole my thunder <laughs> okay because talking about that lamb and our dear brother talking about that lamb this morning <laughs> praise the Lord really you tell me there's not a Holy Spirit that j- just captures those thoughts folks listen Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29 says, okay, 
You want to see why God's wrath that was poured out on his son. I, I can't even, can you go there? Did you even understand that as a parent? Do you understand, grandparents? That God poured out his wrath on his son for you, for me. And that's why the Bible is very clear in Hebrews chapter 10. If you don't accept that sacrifice, that was done at the cross, folks. That's why that you're trampling on the very blood. That's what Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29 says. You're trampling on the blood. You're st- I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm going to do this on my own, man. All roads lead to heaven. It doesn't matter which way you take. What does it matter? I mean, Tony, what's the Muslim? They don't believe in the cross. And uh, the Sikhs or, or whatever, any ism that you can think of. But I'll tell you, folks, the grace of God that has appeared to all men, bringing salvation, the grace of God that has appeared to all men, bringing salvation. Jesus Christ died for everyone. But you have to receive. You have to receive. You have to take that gift. The cross, folks, is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. There will be no boasting at the cross. That's what Paul said. I'm not boasting. Paul said, how can I boast? I got nothing to boast about. The one of the most religious people you ever met was the apostle Paul. And God had mercy on him because what he was doing was, uh, he thought he was doing, he thought he was doing God's work. When he was, when he was having Christians put to death, he, look at me, God. Look what I'm doing for you. These guys are crazy. Folks, do not nullify the grace of God because what we believe, the work at the cross has been done. Every religion will try to add to it. Add to the work of God. Don't add to his work. I tell you when he said it, it, we didn't get a chance to do it this morning. But when he cried from that cross, it's found there in John's gospel in chapter 19. He, it says, you know what it says about Jesus? Well, look, he was dehydrated. He was suffocating in his own fluids. One of the worst kind of deaths. And uh, it says he cried out. And you know what that word is? I looked it up. It's he screamed it out. Because, folks, he was victorious. It is finished. It's over. Don't add it. Don't add good works. You're waving a fist at God and saying, well, you know what, that cross, he's a nice guy, I like him, you know? That's what the liberal the uh Theology is, isn't it, right? It's, 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 yeah, you see that? Liberals, here's what they are. Me. It's meism. It's not theology. It's meology. 
It's all about me. That's the world today, isn't it? Right? <laughs> lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of treasure, and certainly not lovers of God. Isn't that the last days in which we live? So they look at the cross and they go, oh, that's nice. It's, it's nice jewelry. And he was a good guy, by the way, you know. Uh, you know, really cared about the poor and, and the sick. And, you know, folks, that is insulting God. Because they're not looking at their sin. Your sin, my sin, put them up there. And he took your place. And folks, if you're not a thankful person, if you look at the cross of Calvary and understand the cross of Calvary and you're not a thankful person, if you're not a thankful person, I can't understand that. I want to be like the old Sam Dalton. Do you remember him? (laughs) I don't know. Do you remember him? He was one of the few great American preachers, Malcolm. He's from the United States. Brethren. Sam Dalton, you guess you don't know who I'm talking about. He's been dead for 25 years. He used to say, I got the can't help it. I can't help it but tell you about Jesus Christ for what he has done for me. Are you thankful this morning, brethren? Did you give thanks this morning to God who saved your soul that the rest of the world doesn't understand that cross, but you do? Did you give him thanks for that today? You'll thank him through all eternity for what he's done for you. Did you deserve it? No. Not even for a second. I don't care who you are. But he did it anyways. And he did it for you and he did it for me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you again, oh God, for your precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Thank you, Father. You're so good. Father, sending your Son, the innocent one, the one that didn't deserve any of it, but it was your plan even before, even before the foundation of the world that there would be a Lamb, that God would come. I love what Philippians says, Father. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant, being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. How low can you go? Thank you, God. Thank you for your precious son. I pray Father, for each and every one that's come this morning, Lord, would you just bless them, remind them, remind them, Father, of the cross of Calvary. Remind them, Father, of the person of the cross. Oh, Father, help us to fall in love with him more even today than ever before. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.